0: Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Before we get started, I just want to note that we are back from our little holiday break. Happy New Year to all of you! Thanks so much for listening. We had a great year of 2023 for the show. I've already started booking the guests for the next couple months, and and all I can say is I hope that we're we're on to bigger and better things. So again, thanks for the support and. I hope to keep you entertained throughout 2024. To do that this week, I'm joined by my co-host. She is the owner of Avondale Food and Wine. Mary Clarkson, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I'm great, Eric. I'm happy to be here with you in this new year.
0: Thanks for doing this. Let us dive right into the news of the week. We have some items to sort of catch up on from the month of December because the way that we structured things. So let's dive into topic number one. Aaron Bludorn announced Bar Bluedorn, his new restaurant in the original Jonathan's The Rub space in Memorial, with Alexandra Pena as the executive chef. Now, obviously, we had a, a long interview with Aaron and Ali about Bar Bludorn, but that's sort of his perspective. And and now, Mary, I want I want your perspective. What are your What are your expectations for Bar Bludorn?
1: I think this is a really smart move for them. I mean, currently, they are in neighborhoods that are far away from Memorial. They're in uh, Rice Village, and I would call it, you know, not really Montrose, but close proximity to River Oaks and downtown uh, with their Blue Dorn location. And so I think they're really smart to expand to this area. A lot of people want you know, Aaron's food, but want to stay in their neighborhood. I mean, Memorial's kind of insulated um, and they don't really have a lot of dining options. So I think this is a smart play for them. I think Memorial is a good demographic uh, for him as well. And people want to get out of the house there, but they want to stay close to home. So he's a good reason to do so.
0: Right. And of course, Aaron grew up in Seattle and worked in New York. He may not have ties to Memorial, but his wife Victoria Pappas Blue Lord, sure does. She she grew up in that part of the city. She's a Kincaid alum, so you know that that's certainly a neighborhood that that they as a couple know very well. And 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 I think you're right. You know, as we were sort of talking with Aaron for the show, you know, he paid his respects to Federal Grill is is a very well established presence there. You know, you've got Mazrafs a little bit closer to Memorial City Mall. And all the good company restaurants that are well established in that area. But it, it is a little bit underserved, especially given its relative affluence and and the idea of a a kind of a lively neighborhood restaurant. You know, maybe that's not that that's maybe like a little, you know, with the the high level of service and experience that that Blue Dorn and Navy Blue have, but maybe with a menu that's a little more grounded and kind of familiar kind of classics. I think that could be a really great fit for that area.
1: I think doing classics here will go very well. I mean, so many of the restaurants in and around the Memorial area are chains. That's why I'm really excited to see them enter here. I do think they will support both he and his wife in this venture because of the familiarity of his wife with this neighborhood and him, his presence has increased in the city over the last few years. So, people are starting to really know that name and they'll seek that out, which I think is awesome for them.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. I I think, you know, it's also Memorial feels like it's kind of having a moment, you know, Memorial and and spring branch. uh, You know, bar Bluedorn is, is coming, you know, the very first location of uh, via three, one three, the Austin pizzeria is coming to that area. The pit room is opening their second location out by the mall. Levi good is opening credence is, Kind of elevated live fire steakhouse situation near Memorial City Mall. Wild Oats just opened its new location in Spring Branch. What is it in your opinion about that area that is taking off right now? Why why is that such a draw for people?
1: I think you know Spring Branch offers affordability and good school zones, right? I I think a lot of people love the Heights. I know Aaron's a big fan of Cultivare, and I am too, but you know not everybody can afford to live in the Heights, so. Spring Branch definitely gives access to things that a lot of people want, which is a nice size house on a nice size lot and a good school zone, still close to everything. Uh, and so I think, you know, our city's growing and it's got to grow somewhere. So this is a area of town that's only increasing in density. So I think that's why all these restaurants have gone out there is because a lot of them, when they initially went out there it was still affordable I think it's getting less affordable for restaurants to enter into this market but I don't think that's going to be a barrier for Aaron and his team but smart play grow with your audience I think a lot of 30 40 50 year olds want to live in this neighborhood and it will continue to grow
0: absolutely I think I think that's all spot on and yeah I mean we've even seen it with our with our just sort of circle of friends right you know if you if you had your kind of young, you know, 20s, 30s, you lived in the you did the apartment thing in Montrose or Midtown or the Heights. Uh, you're probably not going to buy a house in that neighborhood. You have a kid, you have to start a family. You know, Spring Branch is appealing. It's not, it's not committing yourself to being Katie. as far from the middle of the city <laughs> as Katy or the Woodlands or Sugarland. Uh, it offers relatively easy access to the the places you like to go when you were younger, uh, but it does give you a little more you know, a little more bang for your buck in terms of your your real estate dollars. So, and, and as that, our kind of generation moves into that area, they want restaurants of quality that they can, they can go to with their families and, you know, on date nights and for celebrations and all that stuff. And, and, you know, I think restaurateurs are seeing that opportunity and they're embracing it. And I, I, I think it's all to the good.
1: And people, you know, for the most part, they might go downtown or Montrose one night a week or whatever, but they want to stay in their neighborhood. That's why all of these plays are really, really smart.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. Caitlin Steets has left her role as head chef at Theodore Rex. Uh, Caitlin's, Caitlin's done good work at that restaurant. I mean, Justin Yu is the, the chef and owner, and he sets the tone, but Caitlin has, has made her mark. She won a Tastemaker Award for Chef of the Year a couple of years ago. She did the Littlefoot pop-up that was very well-received. Mary, I know you're a T-Rex regular. You and I had a really great dinner there uh, last year, I want to say, in March or April. So uh, really, this is just an excuse to say something nice about Caitlin Steets.
1: Well, that's easy to do. I love her. I really think she's amazingly talented chef. Uh, I liked her pop-up. I loved what she did at T-Rex. I think, you know, whatever she does next, I'm excited to see her and support her. Uh, I really do think that it was such a lovely tenure of her being at T-Rex. It was so many women in and around that business at at the time that she was head chef. And I really loved that for this space. I love I'll still see her and I still do see her. The weekends at the farmer's market and um i can't i really can't wait to see what's what sticks for her
0: yeah no and when i when i talked to her you know she explained that her son's getting a little older that the time commitment of just being you know in that building five six days a week was just getting to be it's hard work you know, she wanted she wanted a little more balance and and yeah. you know that's completely respectable but she, she's not, she's definitely not done with restaurants. You know, I sort of asked her, I'm like, well, do you think you'll open your own thing? And she, she feels like she still has some learning to do. And she kind of like to look for a job with somebody else that she could learn from and maybe pick up some, some additional, you know, ideas, a fresh perspective. And so we'll certainly see what her future holds, but yeah, anywhere she lands will be a must visit for the two of us. And 100%. Uh, but, you know, I say, you know, enjoy your time off, like enjoy your, time with your, your son and your husband and, you know, come up for in a couple of months and and find a new gig.
1: Sometimes that step away is really useful to revitalize your creative energies and get some rest. I mean, where she worked is took a lot of time uh, no matter what it's a small restaurant, it's a small staff, which means everybody's got to carry a lot of weight and you know, it's not, it's, it's good to step away sometimes. And and see what's next that's why i'm very excited i think one step back and two steps forward is what's going to happen i'm very excited
0: absolutely and then you know not that uh not that justin you needs our advice necessarily about what he should do with with his restaurant and and its new head chef but but uh but we we know that justin listens to the show so what would you like to see him do at at t-rex
1: i'm gonna piggy. Back off of your comments from our last meal there together which was the food is excellent right and he just announced I think three or four new dishes um maybe more uh of the menu but I think you know your comments was you know half of the dishes we've had I had two years ago and I think the menu needs to evolve all the time honestly I don't think it needs to be quarterly or Once a year, once every few years, I think that in the restaurant environment we're in currently, which is you and I can hardly keep up with all the openings of some really dynamic and talented staff, you've got to give people a reason to come back and come back often. And while I love a lot of the dishes on their menu, you know, it's it's a small restaurant so people want to see change and um i think his pricing's fair on on food but um you know i think once people check a box it's you want them to come back often and so i think a more dynamic menu will will, will help that
0: yeah i think it's such a tricky balance because you know if you look at that menu and it's like you know i can't imagine going to T-Rex and not getting the tomato toast or the beef and butter dumplings or the panna cotta or the, the curry, the French curry chicken, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, Justin's, Justin's very transparent. He, he wants T-Rex to be considered among the very best restaurants in Houston. And I respect that ambition. That's always, that's part of what's always drawn me to his restaurants, whether it's Oxheart or now Theodore Rex. And so I do think like sometimes you got to let some of that stuff go and and innovate a bit. And and so, you know, I noticed on over the weekend on social media, they they announced a couple of new dishes and they look very interesting. And, you know, when I see another new entree or two, it's going to be it's going to be about time. You know, I'll, I'll send you that text message and be like, all right, we got to go try this, this and this at T-Rex. When are we going? Let's let's go.
1: Yeah. And that's what I want. Like, I want the excuse or the reason to be like, man, did you see that dish that he posted? Like, I want to go try that. That for me is what's going to draw me in. Um, so yeah, I I want to. S- he's very talented. His team is very talented. I want to see, you know, that creative effort um, with a with a more dynamic menu. But yeah, I'm excited to try these new dishes and excited to see where the wine list is currently. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next uh, visit there.
0: Absolutely. All right. And then topic number three. Gitano Capital, the Mexico-based hospitality group behind Ojo de Agua in River Oaks District,
1: mm-hmm. announced
0: that it has claimed the former Marks slash One Fifth space on Westheimer for what it is calling an upscale Japanese restaurant uh, that will open in 2025. So uh, obviously, this is this is kind of far away, but you know that is such an iconic restaurant space uh, with its history as Marks and as One Fifth that uh, I do think it's worth noting that it it will have a new tenant, it will have new life. And and let me just say that I I asked the PR firm that sent me this information. It's like, what are the owners of Ojo Diagua, which is a really lovely kind of all-day cafe that you and I had a, a really good lunch at last year, you know, for tacos and sandwiches and salads and acai bowls and, and all this other stuff. But but what do they know about? Japanese restaurants. Well, it turns out that they run two pretty upscale Japanese restaurants in Mexico City. So this will kind of build on on that. But Mary, that's a mouthful. So let me (laughs) let me just ask you. You know, they're going to open this upscale Japanese restaurant. Not to put too fine a point on it, but it's uh, you know, it's right down Westheimer from Uchi and right down Dunlevy from Kitami. So so what do you what do you say to Gitano Capital as they? And five minutes Japanese.
1: from Cotter I mean, like, put, throw that. Yeah, in the and and
0: Soto and Soto Sushi, which is really nice, and you know the new Japanese restaurant that's coming to River Oaks District. Uh, Miyakis in the neighborhood
1: too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so here's my deal. Like, I love sushi. I love all things Japanese. Uh, I think you know, is there too much of a good thing? I guess we're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of money to invest in a building like this because, you know, that building sat dormant for quite a bit of time. It's going to take millions of dollars to turn that thing around. And yeah, they, they obviously are a well-funded group, but a lot of times I feel like out-of-town operators pick locations without really understanding the market. And while I think their Mexico City location is is well put, right? It's in a shop- walkable shopping center close to the Galleria, and that's smart. I think this is a little farther away from their target audience, and the competition is stiff. I mean, you basically have to give me a reason to try something other than Kata or Katami, uh, like, you know good luck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I do, you know, I do think it'll be interesting because, you know, one of the things we, we really liked about Ojo de Agua was how sort of comfortable and experiential it is. It really captures that kind of tropical coastal atmosphere. And so, yeah, I think with, with kind of a fun design and, and you're right. I mean, you know, ask anyone who worked at one fifth, they'll 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 be happy to tell you that building needs a ton of just physical upgrades to remain viable. And, you know, how they work that out with the landlord and all that is really none of my, is none of my business, but, but I know it's going to be beautiful,
1: but the plumbing is a nightmare
0: <laughs> and the air conditioning <laughs> and everything else. It's going to need a lot of work, but so how they, how they bring all that to bear remains to be seen, but, you know, I'm, I'm always the one, you know, I'm the one advocating for, you know, more is more, right? People, we can't have too many steakhouses. We can't have too many burger places. And as far as I can tell, we have not hit the limit on sushi either. So if it's tasty, if it's pricing makes sense, if it's a fun atmosphere with great service, I think they'll find an audience. And and that's, that's on them.
1: If they're going to do Galleria type of pricing though, and I say that as like, you know, you go up and down Post Oak and all of those restaurants are pretty pricey. I don't know how well that will fly in Montrose, right? but we'll see. We'll see what they're pricing. I mean, it is. works. <laughs> it works
0: for Uchi, right? So, you know, you just gotta, you just, works that's the minimum. For Uchi,
1: but Uchi has like a decade plus of loyalty they've built up. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, like I'm happy to try it. I'm excited that somebody is giving that building some love because dear Lord, driving by it and just seeing the graffiti tags and it's just not a good look. And there are other abandoned restaurants in Westheimer that are, getting redone right now that are the same thing so i'm happy to see the revitalization and yes i will check it out and i'll have an open mind when we do so
0: yeah no that that is the one thing right is that i was really worried that building was a teardown and so that it's going to live on as a restaurant i think is is That's all the good and and great and just just for that whatever they decide to call it Gitano capital i am in on your japanese restaurant all right mary that does it for the news of the week We'll be right back with our Restaurants of the Week. Stick around. Mary, for our Restaurants of the Week, I want to talk to you about two Thai restaurants that we have dined at recently. Uh, Let's start with Street to Kitchen. This is... (laughs) <laughs> this is obviously a restaurant. This is obviously a restaurant we know very well that we've talked about quite a bit. Ben Chuan Painter, the chef, won the James Beard Award for Best Chef Texas last year. Uh, she and her husband, Graham, will actually be my guests on the Thursday episode this week. But they did, they moved, you know, they moved about a mile west down Harrisburg to the plant. They took the former Cafe Louis space. And we haven't really talked about what it's like to eat there. So let me just ask you, you you've you've been to both locations. What do you think of this this new outpost of Street to Kitchen?
1: Sometimes you're a victim of your own success, and I mean that in the best way. Like they I loved where they were. I love their story. I love their beginnings. You know, they were easy to be found at the farmer's market at Urban Harvest on the weekends, and they were in this Valero gas station on Harrisburg on the Far East End. So you know, it was hard to get in there after all of the press and acclaim and James Beard Award and everything else. I think they wanted to be able to service more people. And what they did was necessary and moved them in about six minutes closer to downtown, a little easier to get to, much bigger space, bigger kitchen, newer kitchen, uh, so I think all of those are good things I think any new business is going to experience growing pains and I think they're maybe having a little bit of that uh, it's you know they need way more staff for a restaurant of this size that's always a hardship uh, given how competitive all these new restaurants are but their food is even better than it was in the previous location I didn't know that could be possible I've dined there maybe half a dozen times since the new spot between lunch and dinner. And I enjoyed every single time I've been there. Uh, They now have mixed beverage. So they have hard alcohol, which is nice. There's a frozen Thai tea that I love. Um, You love the Toki highballs that they're doing. And I I
0: love that dirty martini that they're serving. That's actually that was was great. Yeah. I mean, I I like a lot about I, you know, I, I know that we we do have a couple of criticisms, but we're going to save that because the, the first thing is <laughs> it it is it is astonishing. Like, as much as I like the food at the original location, it, it's even better.
1: I didn't know that was possible, to be honest. Yeah, I, I didn't. What is happening? I didn't,
0: I didn't either. But we had that beef cheek cow soy. You know, we had a we had that kind of beef larb kind of steak tartare preparation that was just just like outstanding you know the papaya salad is always a winner it's just everything about uh what uh chef g does is is so delicious and this this feels like the right kind of stage for her you know it's bigger but it's not too big it feels it still feels intimate like you can you know you can kind of see the whole dining room if you just look around a little bit and and i really like just the atmosphere that they've created it feels like it feels a little bit like uh, like a fancy living room, right? With like the vintage uh, posters on the walls and the kind of hip hop uh, soundtrack. It's got, it's a, it's very comfortable. And, and, you know, the one other thing that they've done that, you know, Cafe Louis could kind of never get their, never get the bar kind of activated. You know, they had it, but you never really saw people sitting there. It was always like a, a little bit of an afterthought. And they've really activated it. And you know, we were we were sitting at a table, but we watched, you know, several people that we we knew just who happened to just stop by and they'd grab a seat at the bar while they waited for a table, or they'd, you know, have a you know a cocktail and a bite or whatever, and then move on about their evening. And so I'm just very impressed because, you know, this is a. I I agree with you. It was a necessary move. They needed more space. They needed to build on this momentum of the. The James Beard Award and all the other attention that they've very, very much earned, but it could be, it could have been difficult to manage. And and I think they've made that transition really smoothly.
1: Yeah, I I do as well. I think uh, they were, the timing was really lucky as well. You know, a, a lot of restaurants, a lot of people that would want to make a move like this, it takes a lot of time. So they made it uh, quicker than I think most people could have. And I think that's a, That's a wonderful thing. I'm looking to see how it, how it grows and how it evolves. Um, I loved their beverage program at their previous location. And I would like to see more of that kind of independent spirited wine list and to see the wine list grow and evolve. And I think it will, I think they're just trying to, you know, steady the ship in their new location and they're doing a better than good job. I mean, they're, they're really doing well.
0: Yeah, adding adding cocktails obviously changes the dynamic. Finding the right flavors that work with what they're doing takes a minute. I, I know they've done some work with with Derek Brown, who was at Riel for a long time and worked with them on the cocktail menus for the Preserve, their their tasting menu uh, concept with David Skinner for Meculant. So you know Derek's a a super bright guy and knows cocktails and flavors really well. So that's that's good. You know, you talk about growing pains. And, and it's, this is such a funny thing to nitpick. And, and I know I'm, I'm sure I'll get uh, DMs from people <laughs> telling me to telling me to mind my own business, but you know, we were there and the staff is wearing Louvre aprons. <laughs> and I just don't, I just don't understand of all the things. She why loves
1: are they,
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, why are you advertising a champagne brand it's arguably one of the most famous in the world that I can buy at any grocery store like you're this cool delicious independently owned restaurant like why are you promoting one of the most in your face beverage brands in the world like it, it like it's it, it's it not might good as champagne. well be they might as well be they might as well be coca-cola aprons like it it would not be it would not be more out of place.
1: Listen, if Vivico like threw them two hundred thousand dollars, then I'm down for those aprons. but
0: <laughs> let's save. Yeah, fair, fair enough if is, if Vub is paying them a pretty penny uh, for the placement, then more power vi- to them.
1: If Boob's paying rent money, then I'm down like straight up. but
0: otherwise, short- otherwise, <laughs> invest in some Headley and Bennett non-branded nice looking yeah, aprons. don't
1: don't don't give that away for free or or do it until your contract with rmdc or Glazers ends or whatnot but you run the risk of of oh my gosh how do i even say this the food is so incredible and so if the wine list gets to the point where it can match the level the food is it's unstoppable and that's what i want to happen for them because i love them and i love their food and i want them to succeed like if it had a really dynamic wine list, like grower champagnes, for example, or some more entry-level uh, Rieslings that are more affordable because the price points kind of take off at the lower end and then immediately jump really high to ha- kind of had some tier wines in there. But it could be the most dynamic restaurant in Houston if the wine list matches the food. And that's right. not, and I'm, not, not criticizing. I love them, and I want to see where it goes. They're just starting out, so let's give them some time.
0: Right, right. This is this is not the sort of thing that would keep me from going there. I'm, I'm going like all I'm the just time. I'm 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 sitting there having dinner with our friends and looking around, going like, why are you pushing Veuve Clicquot on me? So that is the only thing, and it and I, I can't wait to go cons- back.
1: It forces the consumer to rethink their beverage choices, which maybe they want more people to drink liquor. And that's fine, but you know, not at the not at the cost of your wine list from your previous location, which was really good. So, you know, we'll see. And it's not gonna stop me from going there. I love that place. I get to the point where I crave certain dishes, and I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm going to street to kitchen. Like, you cannot stop me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And then our second restaurant, I want to talk about another Thai restaurant. This is Ma Ken. It is the upscale Thai restaurant in the Hanover River Oaks building, uh, right off of Kirby near Westheimer. It comes to us from the owner of kindy Mary, let me just uh, let me just ask you. I mean, this is this is your neighborhood. This is an area you know well. What did you think of Ma Kin?
1: I did walk to dinner. I liked that part. <laughs> um, <laughs> starting with the hives. Um, <laughs>
0: starting I with liked- the hives. It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very pretty. Uh, you know, Upper Kirby is. A very dense neighborhood. I like seeing more dining options that are local. There's definitely not something like this in or around our neighborhood. And so, for that, I'm excited. It's in the base of the Hanover building. So, it already automatically has a built in audience of hundreds of people and it's next door to West Ave. And so, it's going to be busy no matter what. It is a little bit on the expensive side, in my opinion. Um, But I don't necessarily know that that's a deterrent for people. I liked our cocktails. I liked the drunken noodles. And your turn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, let me let me just say, you know, we were invited in by their PR firm who, who arranged the dinner for us. So they knew why we were there, they knew who we are. I, I mean,
1: service was great.
0: Service was great. Everybody was super friendly. They explained the menu to us in detail. They had good suggestions and you know, there's a lot of flair in this menu, right? The the appetizer sampler that's presented on like a tree with different levels, you know, each branch has its own dish and there's a a beef tartare thing that we really liked and a you know, another little croquette thing that we really liked and we had a papaya salad, like you said. We had the drunken noodles. We had a a salmon Penang curry. You know, we had a, a steak dish with uh, lemongrass and and eggplant. And the owner hired two very accomplished Thai chefs to lead the kitchen. I mean, they've they've worked at some very, uh, very elegant hotels in Thailand, and and they worked at a restaurant in Atlanta that's very well thought of. And so there's all the all the ingredients, all the components. For a really outstanding upscale Thai restaurant, and and there was just like a a couple of little things that that sort of missed. Like that steak dish is very elegant, uh, and they're using Texas Wagyu beef with it, which I think is so great. Like I I love the local sourcing, but they smoke the thing tableside, and they lift up the cloche, and and the smoke dissipates, and it's it's cool for Instagram, but it was also kind of acrid. And, and it yeah, had that almost that like, almost that like it yeah, it had almost that like creosote flavor that, that you know, that like burned taste. And so, you know, Gold flakes I don't know. do
1: not make up for that nasty smoke.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So like either either use a different wood or use less smoke or, you know what, just skip the smoke and give me the give me the nicely cooked sliced steak on the plate with the, the lemongrass and the eggplant and call it good. And, you know, again, like we had that salmon uh, with the curry and the curry was was pretty sweet and the salmon was a little bit overcooked. And a little and bit it's like all of these things, <laughs> all of these things can be fixed. Right. Don't serve me a well done piece of salmon, especially when it's priced at the mid 30s or whatever it was.
1: The dessert medley was 60 bucks.
0: Yeah, the dessert medley was sixty bucks, but it was like it was tropical fruit and it was this and it was that and and it was really it's designed to be shared, right? If you're four people it was a
1: table of six or eight, fine, but for three, like it's overkill. I thought it was
0: overkill for the three of us. Yeah.
1: I liked the tea service, the chrysanthemum tea.
0: Yeah, the tea service was really nice. Again, the room is really pretty. Oh, and the one other thing, the the music. Like you I loved I, it. <laughs> live music is kind of a is kind of a it's not it's never my first choice I know I know some people really like it but I just like the 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 way that he performed you know I just like like don't do like don't slow down like don't slow down kind of up-tempo songs and play them solo on a piano right like if you're gonna do piano songs like just do do songs that are typically performed on a piano, right? Like play Elton John, play Billy Joel, play Fiona Apple if you have to, like Tori Amos, whatever now you reviewing, want.
1: We're now reviewing live music in restaurants and bars. <laughs> but
0: but, but it it just, it was distracting, right? It was like way I, too
1: loud. It was too they loud. They did turn it down. They did turn it down. It was, was, was kind of cheesy.
0: It just, it took away, it took away from the atmosphere. And, and you know, there's got to the be a vibes. It did. There's got to be a better balance. But I do think there's enough good things about this restaurant that I'm intrigued. Right? They're going
1: to be I... a hit on Uber Eats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but, this, but that presentation, but you don't want this on Uber Eats, right? They're trying to create an experience with this tableside stuff and the way everything is presented. They're trying to create an experience. They want you to come. They want you to come into the dining room.
1: For $500 for three people, there better be an experience.
0: But you wouldn't order... We ordered a lot of food, right? Because we weren't paying for it. So we, you
1: wouldn't. Well, and they sent out a bunch of stuff too, but yeah, I still want to see what the breakdown of that is and does it provide value at whatever price point it is, right? And I think for 500 bucks, that's like a couple meals at Street to Kitchen. And I know they're two totally different restaurants, but that's my take.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. It's like the papaya salad, right? Like it just needed. It had no flavor. More sp- not really. Right. More spice, more funk, more, all of the things that make papaya salad delicious. Right. Like just, you know, turn and it like up. And like
1: the pad time. thai didn't have lime. Like I needed the citrus to balance it out. They brought it when I asked, but just little things, little touches.
0: Right. I want to go back to Machin. I want to give them a couple months to get things. We'll
1: in. go back. I'd like to go back for lunch if they are doing lunch.
0: Uh, I think they are. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we'll go back for that.
0: All right. Mary, I'm going to say that does it for the restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Join me on Thursday when my guests will be Ben Chawan Painter and Graham Painter from Street to Kitchen.